Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Jackson Labs, the brand consultant that not only got our brand going in the right direction, but can also get yours going in the right direction. So go visit them at jaxonlabs.com and get your brand moving. Folks, we have a huge podcast today, but first we're going to go around the table with the regular band of misfits. Codefish, what is going on, my dude? Uh, nothing, man. As you can hear, we got a little static on the end, and I'm just pumped to be able to connect with someone, someone new who loves golf, obviously. Mm-hmm. Tombo, what's happening, dude? Yeah, man, I'm just super excited to be here. This next guest is going to be huge. I can already tell. And yeah, ready to just dive right into it. Yeah, that that is uh, basically the story of the day. And today we have a huge, huge, huge guest. Huge. Don't even want to talk, right? Send it right over. Exactly. From the famed Medina Country Club, host of the 88 U.S. Senior Open, 49, 75, 90 U.S. Open, 99, 06 PGA Championship, and the miracle at Medina, the 2012 Ryder Club. Level 1 and Junior Level 2 TPI certified All-American West Texas A&M University graduate, Woo. PGA teaching professional Eva Rogers. Welcome to the Forge Hey guys, thank you so much for that introduction. Oh, well, you know, big guests deserve big intros, so that was one of our best for sure, Eva. Definitely. I love it. Well, I mean, someone's got to work on the intro here to get this thing fired (laughs) up, so. (laughs) Eva, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you guys? Yeah, lovely on this uh, sunny but cold Edmonton day. You know how it is up in the... Definitely facing a different climate than you are right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's snowy. 73 and sunny, no clouds in the sky. Ugh. It's uh, that Florida living. Ugh, how dare you? How dare you? We, we wish. We wish. What part of Florida are you in? In Orlando right now. Okay. Ooh. There Look, we go. like that. Land of Disney World, right? I don't know. I've never been. Oh, it's getting larger and larger, and I'm, I, I don't know how, but... I mean, it's, this is what everyone does now. They have their little Disney passes, and they go to Disney World like two or three times a week. That's crazy. It's like going to the golf club almost, right? You just get a season pass, and you just go <laughs> see Mickey and Minnie. But I'd rather be on the golf course for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I have heard that the new Star Wars ride is, like, legit. Like, yeah. everyone needs to go on that. Okay. Might have to I go will, play some golf. I will have to let you guys know how that works yeah yeah you will yeah that'd be sick if you could send us some video of that ride for sure Eva I'd love to see it <laughs> it's 20 minutes long so there'd be a lot of content to work with so oh yeah of course of course yeah <laughs> I like it yeah you should go tag the four jack we'll we'll pump it up on our page in ex- I love it in exchange we'll videotape Chris cooking one of his famous korma curries that you could then share the recipe with someone as well if you're willing mm. yeah mm. can fire that up for you I got a bunch upstairs. If I you're like interested, that. I'll send it down. I'm sure it'll make it to Florida. No, no problem. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just send it right over. Yeah, exactly. Why not, Eva? Um, before we get into this, like, let's get a little background on you. Like, we're just super interested. We kind of met you like through Instagram. I mean, you liked one of our posts back in the day, and then we kind of did a little background S- check snooping. and snooping, snooping. And snooping. We just see this girl and we're like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. She's from Medina. We need to know a little bit more about her. Well, um, I am Florida raised, um, born and raised here in Florida in Cocoa Beach. And I actually didn't get started into golf until 16. Um, I played basketball my whole life and that was kind of my, my goal to play college basketball. Um, and then my dad and my uncle one day, they were out of the golf course and I wanted to drive the golf cart. So, um, they're like, Oh, hit hit this club, Eva. And so I teed it up and I guess I hit it for them. You know, they were like, Oh, this is, this is so good. You need to start playing golf. I'm like, I don't want to play golf. This is, this is the most boring sport ever. And, um, so it was basically, you know, a slight ultimatum. Hey, we want to see you play golf you could still play basketball. And I'm like, wait a second, I should still, 
And he's like, no, you're just so talented. You, you really need to try this. So I did um, in high school, and I wasn't really that good of a player, probably because I did not want to be out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then I guess I just started picking things up really easily, and my scores, you know, here in Florida for um, high school matches, they were only nine holes. And, um, you know, my scoring average my first year was 60, and then I went back to basketball. And then the next year for high school, I dropped down to a 40. And then from there, I kept dropping down and dropping down until I was just shooting even par. Um, wow. And then I, uh, yeah, it was, it's, God definitely had a plan for this. Yeah, he um, just gave you a move. And those guys, the first time they saw you swing the hammer was just like, dang, you got to bottle that up and take it and run. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just yeah. here to drive the golf cart. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and I probably need work on driving a golf cart because I kind of get crazy sometimes. So I always feel bad for whoever's driving with me. And I'm like, wow, see, if only I focus more on my driving, the yeah. golf cart rather than my driver. <laughs> yeah, I've been um, get crazy too. So we can talk about that on another yeah. though, off the air. <laughs> yeah. So, so I ended up uh, getting a full ride. Um, I actually have a commitment issue, believe it or not. So I was afraid to go to a four-year university my first year of college because I was not good in school at all. School is so hard for me. So um, there was a junior college, Seminole State College here in Orlando, that I signed a two-year full-ride scholarship with. We ended up becoming seventh and fourth in the nation for that. So we did compete against D1 and D2. And then I got recruited to West Texas A&M on a full-ride where I was also able to finish up my master's degree with my eligibility. So um, one day my coach saw me working with one of the girls, and she's like, you know, you have a really good eye. And I'm like, oh, thanks, you know. She's like, did you ever think about coaching? I was like, no, I I want to be, I want to be the CEO of Sports Authority before Dicks came around. You know, that <laughs> like was my that. dream. Yeah, enterprising um, woman. Yeah, so I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a big, big business, and so I just started working, and I was like, wow, you know what? I am really good at this. So let me see what I can do, and it was kind of like my work and my, you know, ex like my eye that allowed opportunity for other people to get better. And that kind of was a a driving factor for me is, well, I'm really helping people. I really like this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was more of like an instant gratification. So I ended up um, taking a job at PGA National. I started doing my PGA books. Um, I worked there as an assistant for a year and a half. And then I went to Lake Nona for three years where I was an assistant and I was able to teach and I rebuilt a junior program that they hadn't had for 15, 20 years. And so took off with that. And then I got um, looked at at Jim McClain. I was just going to bring that up. He accepted me into his, um, you know, program. So basically you work as an assistant and it's just, it's a lot of work, but it is, it is the best work you could do. I mean, we had to do swing studies. We had to, you know, watch a hundred videos, give hypothesis of whatever he asked us to do. We watched lessons and that's really where I was able to pick up more of that, you know, next level instruction and how to communicate things properly. Yeah, um, so I finished. His, Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I just finished his certification. Um, and then I finished my PGA and then I was, um, asked to be a full-time instructor at Medina. And so I'm going on my third third year there. That's incredible. Wow, that's crazy. I was going to actually mention the the Jim McLean um, Golf Academy for the listeners that don't know. Like, obviously, Jim McLean being a top 10 PGA Tour coaching professional and the junior program that you worked under. Like, I mean, it is extensive from what I saw. You're looking 40 hours a month with, what was it, 20 to 25 kids? So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of instruction. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and teaching kids is, is definitely my, my real passion. Um, I, again, it comes down to anything, but the, the way that I'm able to communicate with kids and I always, people are always like, well, you're so good with kids, but I think it's because I haven't completely grown up. And (laughs) so I can be a kid with them. 
Yeah. And that allows that relationship building and like somebody not being so, you know, demanding and authoritative to be like, Hey, listen, I'm on your level too. Let's mm-hmm. do this together. And I think that's what junior golf coaching should really be to kind of keep growing is don't be afraid to play around with these kids and act like a child and make them feel okay with failing and not, you know, crying. None of my kids cry, you know, they <laughs> accept it, but I let them, I let them know these are okay. You yes, know, totally. failing's okay. Struggling's okay. Yeah. It's and, um, using it as a step to move you forward and like, yeah, being comfortable with it and recognizing and taking that time to be like, okay, like why did this happen? But in like, a non-judgmental atmosphere, right? It's like, yeah, we're on the same level. Uh, I, Cody and I did a lot of junior work at the Royal Mayfair up here, and, like, I have 13 nieces and nephews, so kids are something that are pretty important to me as well. And, like, I have a very great relationship with every single one because, yeah, like, I'm a little bit you of a kid grown too. Up. You haven't grown up either. And, like, I try to understand life through where they're viewing it and, like, just because I'm older doesn't mean I'm better. Like you are on your own journey and I'm here to help you explore and like grow together. Right. Right. I like that. I think the line, the line that you said best there. And I think every, every single person that's ever worked at a golf course, like in the shop, I mean, myself and Cody both grinded out for years as aspiring assistant professionals. But I remember the one line I was out playing with my head pro at the time and it was like late, you know, I'm not sure what the sunlight is there for you guys in the summer, but like here, I mean, you can play till like 11 o'clock at night and we closed up the yeah. shop and we're playing nine holes at nine thirty at night. And he's like, you know what? I'm a 42 year old guy, Like, and I'm still a kid stuck in a man's body. Like every golf professional is kind of like that. Like they just want to get out and play. So it is yeah. interesting that you say that. You're right. Eva. It is. And I, I, you know, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Eva, please never. I can please go. Oh, no, no. You please go ahead. I like to ramble. So, so uh, then, you're all... then just out of curiosity, as then like Tom said, like, yeah, we did a little bit of volunteering here around a junior program. And then when I was a pro, I did a junior camp and it is, you know, here's some granola bars, but we're going to work on putting first or so on and so forth. But in order to I see here you were nominated as a, as a top 50 professional by a U.S. kids golf at some point in time. Is uh-huh. that correct? So what would so you it, yeah. what would you say your teaching then philosophy is with rather than like I know you like never growing up being a kid but are, are you throwing water balloons around and just having fun to get them into the game or more detailed instruction kind of does that make sense? Yes. So it honestly depends on the program. I make sure that I have options for kids who do want to learn the game but actually have fun. And then kids who do want to take it a little more serious, because if you don't have those options, I mean, those kids who want to be serious don't want to be playing around. Mm -hmm. So um, with the kids, you know, that want to enjoy game, yeah, I do. I do water balloons um, quite a bit. I put watermelons out. I try to have them hit those. I make like the big break type windows with hula hoops, but I wrap aluminum foil around it. So I have them try to hit through those. I mean, it is. But at the end of the day, this is how I make it. There is a goal after every drill that we do. It's right. Whether or not it's a target of some sort, if it's focus, whatever it is, but it's still fun. But they have to accomplish a goal. So having that mindset, it's not just them running around and not doing something. They have to complete something in a fun manner. And that's kind of what I do. But I also play around with them as well. I'll challenge them. I have this thing, accepting the challenge. So basically, you know, I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. You have to make these parts, 10 of them, you know, eight out of 10 of them. If you don't do it, like you owe me 15 push-ups or 15 burpees. Mm, okay. So then I usually I have the groups and this is how it works though. If they do accomplish it, I owe them whatever they offer me and we both have to accept those challenges so what happens is is it puts that mindset of wow there's going to be a consequence either way but we want to focus more because we want to make her you know deal with that consequence and so most of the time I'm the one but at the end of the day I'm getting my workout in I'm not complaining (laughs) and these kids are actually focusing on something rather than just you know 
messing around. So, you know, that's how I can read, you know, a little bit of seriousness into those fun programs. That's interesting you actually mentioned that because now this has me looking back on our experience with the juniors this year and that totally happened the night we were we were going around and this one kid's like, Hey man, if I make a par, you owe me a bag of chips, right? I didn't challenge yep. him to say you should do some push ups, which next time I definitely will. Yep. But then all all, all this whole group of kids were, were all on board with this. They're like, if I make a par, do I get a bag of chips? And like, sure, why not? Everybody and the level of focus instantly changed to like, now I'm gonna try and actually make a par. And I really like the aspect that you tie into this, like you're going to do some burpees or push-ups because mm-hmm. now like, yeah, it's a game, but there's you're creating a flow state of like, yeah, I'm working towards a goal here. And did you succeed or fail? No, if you failed, here's some physical exercise to help get you stronger. <laughs> it's like the ultimate win, win, win. Well, and that, that goal-orientated mentality obviously harkens back to your college golf experience where, you know, it is, I'm sure you can obviously relate to this but it's it's like you go out and practice and you do something until you finish it if you're going in the bunker it's like i have to drop one before i can leave the bunker that's your goal now show me that you're preparing these kids for life it's essentially like goal goal oriented mindset is essentially just life like that's what you have to do to move on to the next so like that's really good that you guys get on that like at such an early age the one question i want to ask you even like of the that program, either the Jim McLean or what you do at Medina, like of the kids that want to go farther with it, like how many kids have you sent out and gotten scholarships and have gone on to successful either student careers or student, um, sorry, student athletes, athletes, just playing, just yeah, playing as athletes. Yeah. Got or any young prodigies down any there? Any prodigies? Eva. What have you pumped out of the programs? We're looking to start a talent business. Well, believe it or not. I haven't been teaching as long as most people probably think. So I haven't really been able to have somebody for such a long period of time or I would leave locations. So when I was in Orlando, I was working with some unbelievable, like top 20 junior golfers in the world. But then I left to go to McLean's and then McLean had quite a few. And then I left a year later and then in Chicago and now there's a few in Chicago, but I will say we're, we haven't, I'm going to say it as we haven't, there hasn't been a serious enough junior program at Medina until I, you know, accepted the, the role. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really trying to help more of the developmental stage with that and really kind of help these kids with college. But here's my struggle is I'm always one to straight up ask the kids that really want to take it seriously, you know, what are your goals? What colleges would you like to play for? You know, really how much time are you going to spend and invest into this? Because I'm going to give 110% and they have to give me 110. And most of the time I've noticed kids just won't put in what they truly need. So it's becoming a little more, you know, they have their boyfriend, girlfriend, they're going out, they're doing this rather than practicing. There's only so much I can do. And I'm not going to be that person that forces somebody because then they may hate it. But I do give them that realist expectations. When a kid comes to me and they're like, Hey, I want to play division one golf and you're averaging 85 and you're looking at the top 10 schools i'm like whoa 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 we need to sit down here you haven't committed Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that we cannot be afraid as coaches to put that in somebody's mindset to say hey listen this is what it's going to take and to see if you can turn it around in them but i think a lot of people beat around the bush and they're like oh you can do anything but you can't do it unless you put the work in that's when you can do anything Eva, I got a question yeah. then for you. Let's just say, hypothetically, maybe it's real life. I do shoot 85, and I am looking to go to a Div 1 school. What is that ramp up of, like, taking it to the next, next level? What sort of hours or, like, commitment then would you be, like, requiring of that person? Well, I would have to sit down with them, and I'll put together a practice plan. I'll put together, you know, from as much, you know, practice they need to be doing, on-course play, you know, um, playing lessons, making sure that you're working with a, a, a fitness trainer and having you compete in as many tournaments as possible. 
because now these great colleges are looking at these tournaments and seeing how they are competing because they're playing against the best and that pressure is not the same pressure as playing with your friends at a country club and then going to a tournament and playing against the best in the world. Totally build that thick skin. That's exactly it. And like to go back to what you're saying with like making the commitment, I mean, no, from my experience, seeing guys get uh, scholarships out of Canada, I mean, obviously going to Div 2 schools, because, I mean, we don't have, like, the season that Americans obviously have, but the friends that I have had that have they've gotten scholarships, it wasn't so much them making the commitment, it was almost making the cultural changes with, say, them and the parents, kind of saying, hey, yeah. like, this kid wants to do this, so you need to commit to it as well, and one friend in, sp- in like particular that got his scholarship, it wasn't him so much going to the pro. It was more like, hey, dad, this is what I've been given by my pro. I need to meet you here every single night at nine o'clock and to watch me hit balls after my round. And it's like, let's change yeah. this culture and let's get in the right direction with this. I absolutely agree. I, I mean, that's how I, when I was at Lake Nona and, you know, you got Cannon Claycomb who's playing for Alabama now, who's by far one of the best players, amateur players in the world. You know, Joe Pagden, who signed with Florida, and he is as well. And those guys grinded. They were out all the time, mm-hmm. playing all day long, going out and practicing. You would see them. Their parents were there. They were eating at the club and going back to practice. And so you're right. It is it is a cultural thing. It does take, you know, a team to do. So you've got to have your parents back you as well. Totally. I mean, it, 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 golf is one of those things, like, and I'm sure that you're seeing it now dealing with juniors so often and the parents, but obviously we know with golf that being such a huge time consumer, it's that it, it is a commitment, not just for the kid, but for the parents, parents themselves, like they got to commit to the time blocks. They got to commit to driving that kid out there or picking him up or her and really making that commitment to them as well as everyone around them that are, you know, going through this process. But how fun is it to have a kid who is so determined and driven that that you, like, if I had kids and I had two or three kids and they were so passionate about the sports, I would figure out any way to give them exactly what they wanted because of their, you know, their drive. Because yeah. if they want it, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I want to be a part of this, like, I, I don't want to go home and watch TV. I want to go. I, they want to practice extra. I'm going to stay. Well, I, I'm going to make sure that they. Definitely. I would too. Yeah. If I saw one of my kids going to get a college scholarship with the price of school in the States, like for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, not only that, just so, yeah, their fire brings fire to you. Their yeah. passion is, yeah, you want, yeah. Like just with us, for example, in this podcast, right? Fire brings fire and create, let's be there together. I don't want to just sit on the couch and not be a part of this podcast this is exciting. I want to be right. there with you kind of like, yeah, creativity sparks creativity, fire fuels fire. Totally. Absolutely. One thing I like, and I've just been sitting here absorbing all of this and thinking about it is, yeah, that <laughs> harsh conversation. You're, or not even harsh, but like the frank conversation of this is where you are. This is where you want to go. This is the reality of that, right? Like you need to make some adjustments in life or realize this isn't the dream. This isn't the goal that you should be working towards. Cause I think in the end it's like our goal is mentors, teachers, developers of anything is like, we want to get you to where you want to be in life. Right. And like mm-hmm. having these conversations is the only way to like flush that out and like actually get you there, whether it is playing golf or it's becoming an engineer and like you got to have those people that you will have those conversations with you and like, you know they're they're looking out for your best interest in life, and I appreciate that that's something that you've kind of taken on. Yeah, and, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, have a lot of friends who, who play professionally that, you know, if, if, if I, you know, needed a little bit of extra motivation to kind of make it more realistic for them, that I'm like, hey, listen, here, you know, if I had Annika call up, you know, my college team one day, you know, Wow. In, in Texas, and she talked to them Mrs. over Facebook, you know, for Facebook. Yes. And so, so it's kind of one of those things where I'm fortunate enough to be able to call somebody and say, hey, listen, can you kind of make this? Because, yeah, as a coach, I have a, a set, but then when you actually speak to somebody who's been there, done that, 
it, it does come off differently and you do kind of, you know, open your eyes and you're like, wow, I, you're right. I really do need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you put at all, like regarding the kids, like, and not to be, you know, picky and choosy or whatever, but like, I know up here, it's a little bit of a different story. Like with the guy with boys here, it's more play basketball, play hockey, baseball, whatever. But like, I think it's always forgotten, especially with the girls, like the scholarships that are available either in golf, like golf and soccer are like the big two scholarships that girls like that they're not taking advantage of. And I know like a girl here that got a scholarship and it was like, I remember her sitting there saying like, why am I, why wouldn't I do this? Like this is easily achievable for me to get my goal, like to become a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. Like, do you push the girls' side of it a little bit more to get the scholarship, or does you just go for it and get everyone involved? No, I would say, you know, I've always been one of those those go getters that if I wanted something, I would find a way or I would talk to somebody to help me figure out the direction, and and I kind of put that somewhat on a child's responsibility because. Mm-hmm. You know, we have over 220 kids in our program. And, you know, to to sit there and try and figure, yeah, we have over 600 kids. Wow. We have, you know, over 200 in just golf. So, um. I had 120 and I thought that was enough. (laughs) I I want them all. I'm like, if I could get 300 this year, I am going to be ecstatic. I think if I had 250 kids, I'd have no teeth left. Trust me, I've almost <laughs> not had eyeballs. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, Crack skulls. That's CTE. You know. That's what we were talking about uh, with teaching kids. That's one of the it's one of the most dangerous job is walking the range line when kids are swinging because you never know what's happening or coming at you. It's terrifying. Oh, and I have a whistle. I have a whistle, and my voice gets very loud. I'm sure people on the golf course is like, well, that's even yelling at a kid right now. <laughs> I love that. We're going to bring that fire next year in this upcoming season. We're getting uh, whistles for uh, sure. You know what? <laughs> yes, yes, that's good. And don't get, you know what? I got that electric whistle. And the reason why is because wow. it can do different things. But the kids all wanted to use the whistle. And I'm like, I would be sick probably my entire time if I had a blow whistle. Yep. Yeah. 250 kids With just getting their, their lips on there. Just, oh, yeah. God. And who knows what else they bring with them for lunch? Yeah, nah. Yeah. (laughs) But to say about the kids with the girls is, yes, I do try and encourage them, especially when they're at that high school age and they kind of show a little bit. I I just ask, you know, what is is your goal? Would you like to, you know, would you like to go to college? Because some kids may not. And, yeah, if so, oh, do you want to play a college sport? Yeah, well, I play tennis. Okay, great. You Mm. know. Well, I'd like to do golf. And then what I do is I basically kind of tell them, you know, I ask them, what kind of colleges? What college do you want to go to? What do you want to major in? I know a lot of the colleges. I know what their study field is. And I know a lot of the coaches. So I'm like, okay. Um, and if they tell me, they, you know, hey, I want to play Division One, and, and it's not realistic, I'll just say, you know, I'm sorry. You know, show me your stuff. Or let's sit down, and I want to go through these things. So I'll actually sit down with them and show them stuff because I'm not going to be that person that ruins their dream, you know, myself. Yeah, you want to help them uh, come to the conclusions themselves. And I think that's what makes you good at what you do is, yeah, like this, I'm on the journey with you. Like, I'm not here to just tell you how it is, but I'm going to uncover the facts with you so you can, like, I respect you enough to do that. I like that. But there's a girl, there's a girl um, that I met at, Bender's Academy here in Orlando and they were explaining me and um, I think she was 13 or 14 and you know this is the academy where you know they send their kids and um, I'm honestly not sure where she's from I don't know if it was Korea or Thailand but she came there shooting in the 80s and now she's one of the best juniors in the world averaging like 69 I believe 70 and she competes all over the place her goal is I think I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm assuming to be a doctor, but she wants to go and play for Stanford. That's it. She wants to play for the best, but she wants to be a doctor. Like, I'm like, she doesn't want to play professionally? Yeah, you don't. And they're like, no, she she just wants to be a doctor. But she's also that good because she puts the time in because she wants to go to that best college. Some of these girls, hey, I went to a Division II school. 
we're one of the top Division two schools in the country. And they're unbelievable. And they shoot in the high 60s, low 70s. It's, it doesn't, I don't know. I just feel like Division one has kind of just taken that, you know, oh, it's Division one, it's Division one. Division two or private school is not good enough. Well, trust me, when $25,000 a semester or years being paid for, you start to look at things a little differently. Exactly. Totally. And you could be yeah. by the beach or something or like in the mountains yeah. where you like to ski in the winter or just like, you know, just building a little bit more than just Div one. Okay. That's the end all be all. It's like, let's look at this in the context of life. How much money can be paid towards your scholarship? Where are you going to be? What are you going to walk out of there with? And like, let's focus on that. Right. Eva, I got a question so. for you that is just absolutely burning. Um, just off air, you mentioned, yeah, you don't mind the wild, so I need to ask you something. What are your thoughts on the Theragun? I absolutely use it every day, almost every time I'm home. I cannot stop using it, okay? I'm, I don't care any time of the day, any time of the night when I'm feeling not feeling good, I will literally stare at my body. Because um, it has helped me so much. Cody's been it, looking to get it, it, one. Yeah, truly. I think that's it. what it brings us together. Yes, it will bring you together. Trust me. No, not us you together. Not, not us. Not us. I thought uh, you oh. and me, Eva. I saw you on your on your Instagram oh. page, and I'm like, oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. She's down with the Theragun. Yeah. I've been looking at this for three years, and I've been waiting to pull the trigger. We got to get her on the horn, and I got to ask her. Okay. Let me help you. Let me help you with. I'll help you pull that trigger. Don't worry. We'll talk about that afterwards. That's but I appreciate that. It is amazing, um, and it oh. has helped me. I have rheumatoid arthritis, some, and it ha- my whole body just feels ten times better every single day. Really, I'm getting excited yes. about the Theragun now too. That could be the option for the lower back problems come uh, mid season. You know, like. Yeah, like I've done and so much research, so much research on mm-hmm. the Theragun and the Hyperice and then the price cost effective. And then you, some some medical professionals are telling me, no, you don't need that. You need a foam roller. And it's like, no, I think I need like 40 no. pounds per square inch with the, tr- with the little cone adaption tool. But I've never met someone that yeah, actually not, used it or whatnot. So it's very... I'm uh, not... Listen, I'm going to say something and I'm not, you know... Anything safe here. Anything safe But I was at the PGA show, and Theragun was booming, and nobody was at Hyperize. So I've done research on it before I pulled that trigger, and then I finally reached out to my buddy who reps for them, and he's like, I swear, Eva, you're going to love it. And I was like, so I brought it to my college um, where I coached some of the girls, my coach ended up getting a few because it made a huge difference in their swings in general from their, you know, feeling more loose with their thoracic area um, and their lower body. And now everyone's just getting them. And I'm like, got my sister one. I mean, we just stare all the time. That's our quality bonding. Just feel free to shoot us that number of uh, your rep friend and we'll take a few for sure. (laughs) I've been having trouble clearing the hips lately and I think that's just going to be the key to unlocking the glory. I got you guys. I got you. I appreciate Beautiful. you for answering that, Eva. It's just been burning, just been burning because I got some some shoulder tendonitis, and it's just like, yeah, there's so many options out there, and it was just, yeah. I appreciate your honesty, Eva. Thank you. Yeah. I want to go. I want to come help you with one of these kids' clinics. Like, I'm, yeah, this I'm, sounds amazing. I would love to have you. I'm itching, right? Like Medina. I've been to Chicago. Drove through. I need to ask you: Do you eat Chicago deep dish pizza? And if so. Where's the best? Where's what's your favorite? I'm a thin crust girl. Yes. I do the yes. Gio, Giordano's, I guess, is, you know, infamous there. But I've never like been blown away. I'd rather have hot wings than deep dish pizza, I'm not gonna lie. Ooh, Fair enough. I like Fair that. enough. Um I was living in Phoenix for a while and they had a Lou Malnati's and that pizza like was the wildest thing I've ever encountered because they put the sauce on the top. Yeah, but it was actually delicious. Yeah. But pizza's not your thing. Chicken wings are. We need to get you up to Canada because they have dill pickle chicken wings up here. Oh, yeah. oh and I love pickles. Yeah, oh, you would love oh, God. When I was living in the states, the dill pickle factor actually, I missed it. I missed it a lot because in the states, 
Phoenix. You couldn't go get dill pickle wings. They'd look at you like you're crazy. But yeah. up here in Canada, they're all about putting that dill on the on the chicken wings, and it is delightful. <laughs> I you I'll I'll have you down at Medina anytime as long as you bring some wings. We can do that. Okay, we'll bring a couple bags. Yeah, we'll bring. Perfect. Yeah, so I like that. Speaking of that, so you've obviously you moved on from went out of college, went back home, then uh, moved up to Medina, and so what was it like coming into like a famed historic golf course like Medina? Like, there's so much history there. You have two Tiger PGA Championship wins, the Sergio shot. You have the meltdown, the miracle at Medina, the the absolute meltdown yeah. by the U.S. in that Ryder Cup, like. What is the energy like in Medina? Like, when do you does it lose its glamour, or is it like, is it that like special every t- every single time you walk onto the it, property? It's that special. <laughs> oh, when man. I go through the gates, it's you know you drive through and then you see the 18th hole, you know, on the championship course, and you know on the right side, and then you know on the left side is course one, and and it's just driving in and then getting ready to park. You see the the clubhouse, which is ginormous. ginormous. Um, it doesn't lose, it doesn't lose anything. Um, I've been very fortunate to work for, for great clubs and Medina is definitely my favorite. I would say even despite the history behind it, I have the greatest leadership team and the boss, my director of golf, who is so on the same page of my passion and the, you know, movement I want to make with junior golf and instruction that I just, you know, coming to work, it it doesn't matter. It just never gets old. I'm just excited every day. That's amazing. And even from like a playing aspect, like you must be so excited when you're like, oh, I get to play today. And like, you get the choice of this Tom Doak design number one course and then you have the monster number three like when it got redesigned by Reese Jones I mean that PGA Championship you had 93 of the top 100 players in the world come out to see it like it's just it's it's amazing for me to even comprehend the fact or like the thought of having these world-class golf courses at your fingertips like that must be so amazing when you get to play in case you didn't notice this is a little bit of a history golf nerd I love it. He's going to have a blast. He's going to have a blast there. I'll tell you probably my most exciting, despite playing, you know, these great courses, um, is secretly, I guess I'm going to spill the beans. Spill it. Is the kids are, the kids are not allowed on course three. Monster. Um, Not allowed on the monster. So they, um, uh, you know, when I have the kids and they're, on the shuttle carts and I may only have a few at a time, you know, I, I sneak them out and I let them play a hole, uh, or two. And I think that's the most exciting thing for me is I take them out later on where nobody's out there and it's like a fun game for them. They're like, Oh my God, this is where Tiger Woods played. And and I'm just like, yeah, you come to this all the time, but you know, that excitement they get, and I make them run and get their golf balls because I'm like, guys, we can't let anybody see us. (laughs) Don't let anybody see us. Like, duck if you see a cart. And, you know, it's that whole excitement is that I at least keep that, you know, that. Yeah, you're being a kid with them. You're being a kid with them. Like, we're going to bend the rule because, like, discrimination is cool. You're you're good good kids. kids. And, like, I respect that. Let's go hit a shot where Tiger hit his, and then we'll run and grab it and get out of here before they see us. Get your ball. Get your ball. Let's go. That's better than playing. That's better than me going out and playing on that course is that that moment of seeing what it's like for them to even be on that golf course i'm i would take that over playing it ever again if that that's what i love that's beautiful the even just to go like then off skew is then you mentioned that then you hadn't been working with uh or teaching that long at medina how long have you been then focusing your instruction of working with the kids and seeing the smiles out of curiosity did you ever work with like adults into that tradition or always been juniors oh yeah always always adults but always juniors as well um i probably teach uh i probably i teach you know 70 percent kids and then the rest adults um probably the parents of the kids usually um, that's a good ratio. A little so, combo package. Yeah. Um, 
but I would say I do, I really do like, you know, teaching adults just because it's good for me to, to talk a little more. It's kind of like the barber relationship, Um, right? You just talk about life, you get it out there, hear their thoughts and, and just have that adult conversation, which is necessary. Right. So, um, but I've always been teaching kids, um, ever since I started, I, I really started when I was at Lake Nona. So it's been 20, like seven years now that I've been te- eight, going on eight years now. That's incredible. Wow. That's, that's neat, Eva. And so now then you mentioned at Medina, you have a huge junior program, 600 kids. Was it total? Well, we have, think about the membership. There is 600 kids a part of the membership. We have about 220 in the junior program, though. So my goal is to get as many of these kids into golf. So just out of curiosity, then, how many adult members do you have there? Am I mishearing you? Like You have three courses, so like it's a huge membership. Yeah. Right. There are, so we how we do it is there's one person on the membership, but, you know, if you have a family of five, then it's... You know, there's five people, but we have about 600 and I I can't remember if it's 615 or 640. And then you throw in the spouses and the kids and and there's, I think there could be over 2000. Oh, that's crazy. And is it like a global membership base out there or... Is a yeah, lot there's of, national members out there. Yeah, I was going to say, you and have international members. Yeah, like, how many international members, like, because I saw that on the website, like, you have the international membership there. Like, are these guys literally just showing up, like, once a year to go play? Um, yeah. Uh, or if they just work yeah. out, of, they live elsewhere, but they work out of Chicago. They, they, yes, and then that's the club that they want to be at when they're in town. So yeah. they may come for the week, um... You know, being a national member, you are limited to the use of the club. So, you know, they take advantage of those those times they can utilize it. Mm-hmm. And do you have any tour members out there? We we do not have any tour members out there. Um, we do have no. Yeah, just we have a couple kids who played in college and then um, playing on. Um, the Corn Ferry Tour, actually one of them just made the cut wow. um, for exemption on that. And then another one is on the Latin America, I believe. So really not, we are really more of a, you know, local standard local average golf Because like a yeah. family, I know a Luke, family vibe, it sounds like, with that many kids running yeah. around. Yeah, because I know Luke Donald used to yeah. play out there when he went to Western, but obviously that was uh-huh. ages and ages ago, but. Yeah, it's a, I've, you know, it's such a, like I said, it's a historic club with so much history back there. And I mean, I guess it's like the question, I mean, you haven't been there long enough, I guess, but I'm sure you still deal with them. Like, have you dealt with the PGA Tour much, like working there or experienced them at all? Well, I'm just for the BMW Championship, but that was right. the Western Golf Association. Yeah. So um, we really never had to, I mean... I think our plan is, you know, to hopefully host more events. And so I'm, you know, I think that's when things will start being more dealt with the PGA and stuff like that. But, but right now nothing's been committed and it's just talks. And until that happens, then we were, you know, it's just my bosses that have to deal with, yeah. you know, the and next, even with the, the BMW last, was it last year? The P, the BMW? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the infrastructure yeah. like coming in? Like, I mean, it must be such a grand thing to see. I mean, we always talk about that here on the pod where a lot of courses, they're like, oh, you know, that course is great. Like, why can't it host a tour event? It's like, well, because it can't hold the infrastructure. Like, what is it like when you start seeing all of this come in through the gates? Actually, that that statement, I can say, is false because I did speak with somebody from Medina recently, and they said the reason why they like, you know, Medina for tournaments is because they can build such large infrastructures and the space they have. Yeah, exactly. We have a lot of, a lot of space that can be utilized. Mm-hmm. But the course also has to be, you know, 
for, for hosting more things. It does have to really be, you know, a competitive course. Um, you know, some changes may need to happen. I don't know, but I mean, we also have a board and it's up to the membership, whether or not they want to host tournaments. So it's not like we don't want to, it's more of the decision on the membership. They vote whether or not, you know, if we propose something to them and they're like, nope, then that's it. Yeah, they're like, we there, wanna, there's nothing more to talk about. We want to have our tournament, right? We're going to have. Yeah, we got to get our presentation ready for the board, Eva. You've nervous us right up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't you just be my guest? We're not even going to go that way. That sounds way easier. I like that. But as we are yeah. talking, like, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of ideas. And one of the things we're looking to do in life is utilize Twitch as a platform to kind of, like, market golf to the younger generation and it's like yeah maybe one day we we organize a junior golf championship that's streamed live on twitch together oh even. that would be awesome. at the monster yeah just something like that i don't know how it's all coming together i just want to sprinkle yet. this out because i know you're passionate about the kids and the game of golf and just helping people grow and like twitch is twitch is a platform out there where all these kids like when they're playing video games they're on there like not even just kids, grown-ups. I've been watching. Cody got me into it, and and just the platform for engagement, since others can comment and like bring that in, is just a very interesting world. And it would be cool to like, yeah, it's absolutely. You, you sneak the kids on to the monster to give them just an you experience of hitting I'll a tiger. With, I'll, I'll deal with the board on that one. Yeah, but that's okay. But w the idea is like, let's give these kids experiences, right? And if we get video Absolutely. you're on twitch like taking it to the next level i don't know it's cool i think that's a great idea i i think people definitely would watch that eva i've got you guys it. would probably have to move to chicago for it because it would just have to happen all the time that's yeah that's why don't we hate it that's why we have tom in here with his american blood from denver so we've just got a little bit below the border and now another <laughs> connection with you eva but i've got a question for you how did your relationship with PXG come to fruition? Well, believe it or not, um, the rep for TaylorMade, um, when I first got to Medina, I signed with Callaway my first year. And then um, I met with the TaylorMade and Tyler's reps, and they had asked me if I had already signed. I was like, yes, I have, unfortunately. And, you know, they kind of said, hey, listen, don't do anything next year until after you speak with us. So... I was waiting and my friend Donnie, who was um, one of the head guys for TaylorMade over there, was like, hey, you know, definitely don't do anything. And so I, re I got a recent call from him and he's like, hey, listen, I accepted a job for PXG now. So um, I want to sit down with you and his boss. I think they were in Arizona. And uh, let's have uh, a chat um, over FaceTime. So... We did that, and what they have planned, um, I was the, the fit that they were looking for. And so I, I love, I mean, when you're working with reps and, and you have a team, sometimes it's really tricky, but when you have a super innovative, outgoing rep and team and, like, you know, we got your back, we got your back, you're just like, I want to be a part of that team because I'm going to have your back as much as you have mine, and – it's very rare to, you know, to find these reps that are, you know, really spending the time and, and resources to kind of help you get to that next level. And PXG just, you know, it blew me away. And, and Donnie is an unbelievable rep. And I'm, I'm super excited that I, I decided to sign with them. We got to give a shout out to Donnie. And Big we, also, shout out. we also got to give a shout out to the Dr. Bob Parsons because while our man was our bud Tom here, when he was down in the States, he actually caddied for a head pro up here in the city, our buddy Dallas, and he went down there and caddied for Dallas, and while he was down there, he actually took uh, our drone, and he flew it over Scottsdale National, when we probably shouldn't have, but shout out to the marketing team at PXG and the doctor himself. He liked the photo, so we knew we were in the clear. <laughs> that was nice. Oh my gosh, that is good. That is good. Yeah, sometimes it's like I'm a believer, and sometimes you got to ask for forgiveness rather than oh, permission. See, that's, that's why I take the kids out on the course because worst case scenario, they're going to say why I'm be like, this is why you can't do it again. Okay, that's fine. Can yeah. you forgive me? 
you know? Yeah, like I'm just trying to help develop the kids, right? Like, I'm yeah. sorry, that's a big why, and it's yeah. pretty hard to get in front of that. But yeah, like a little, hey, we know what this is why we don't. Okay, cool. Say la vie. Um, forgive me. <laughs> yep. And I smart move. And Eva, I guess when we talk about PXG, we can't help but not mention you also do some work with 4A Golf USA. Is that correct? And you've been with them for quite yes. some time, it seems like. Did you want to tell us a little bit yes. more about them? Oh, I am so blessed to to not only have the opportunity to wear their clothes, but to to be such great friends with, with the team. Um from 4A. It's been an unbelievable experience and ride and Megan, the the owner and a dear friend of mine, I have just, I idolize her and her work ethic and how hard she works and, you know, what she's sacrificed to, to make something so next level for women's golf clothing. And she has some big ideas you know, for first things coming up and I'm just so excited that, you know, they they want me to be a part of their team and just continue to grow with them. I had best clothing ever, literally, for women. I mean if Why do you say that? Why do you say that even the fit is so great. The fabric feels amazing. Um it's super light. It's really trendy. It's stylish. You know, a lot of companies just, it's kind of basic or it's over the top and it's very classy. Like you could wear, you know, sometimes I'll wear the polos, the long sleeve polos out with skinny jeans. I mean, you look good anywhere you go in the clothes and, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, guys can dress up and look really good in their golf clothes because everyone makes perfect things for them. And then finally, you know, Megan gets out and she just, it's, it's the best of the best. Were you wearing a, her and her team are great. Sorry. Were you wearing a four, a piece when you smashed a glass bottle over Drew Brees's head? I, that, yes, I was all (laughs) and it was all for a support too, for me to do that as well. So, um, that's wild. They were the one that. that actually gave me that. Yep. And I think, you know what, obviously being someone who's been in the shop making the purchasing or being part of the purchasing for the women's clothing, it's nice to see someone put out some decent clothes because I'll be honest with you, there are, you're right, there are some horrendous looking women's golf clothes out there. Like it is so bland or so over the top. So yeah, good for, good on and for I, I am not, happen. I, yeah, and that's the thing is that I, even though you know, people are always like, oh, the golf clothes are so expensive. I'm telling you, when you start to wear clothes that do have that price tag on it, you are going to be like, well, I cannot, I'm okay with spending the money because this is just great. Yeah. And and that's where I'm at. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. It helps you feel better, more confident, and like even the construction of them because I actually used to make jeans and – yeah, they just last a little longer. It's not like an H&M shirt that's going to break down or just something that's garbage. Gonna, yeah, something garbage. It's like, no, this is something that if you treat it right, you're going to look good. You can wear it for a while. It's going to be timeless, classic to a certain degree. And you're not going to be like, next spring, why did I buy this crazy, crazy shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> or or you start seeing or you start to question the colors you're seeing. You're like, this used to be black, but is this gray? Because I can't it's gray remember. Now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but Eva, I do have yeah. a few questions for you though. I want to get into the game a little bit. I want to get into your game. Like how are you playing? Like what are you playing to? Like and I wanna know like uh, what is your when you get out to play at Medina, like What's your favorite course out of the three? Like, I mean, you have a dope design. You have Reese Reese Jones design. I mean, you must be like thrilled. I, when when I'm feeling risky and I'm like, you know what, I'm totally okay with you know hitting that as 
crazy rough or, you know, scoring a little higher but trying to work on my shots, I totally go to course three. Yeah. When I am wanting to score, course two is that playing course. And then when I want that little challenge, uh, actually, it's not going to lie, it's a challenge. I'll definitely play course one, but, um, you know, that's more of a short game challenge for me because it's definitely more undulated greens. Mm-hmm. Um, my game is is getting 10 times better. I spent um, a few days over at Pebble, and my friend Scott, who um, has the RoboGolf, I spent a lot of time with him on that, and he that machine in him changed my game. And now I am a drawer. I used to be a power fader. So now I like have to work on, you know, still maintaining a fade, but now I draw the ball so much, um, hitting the ball 10 times further. Definitely a machine. I'm trying to get at Medina because you know, that's, it's a automatic game changer for anybody. Um, so that's, that's where my game is right now. I am going to start competing a little more in PGA section events. I did last year, but not as much as I wanted to. And, you know, it was kind of my first year back into playing again in tournaments. But this year um, with, you know, PXG and, and my swing, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, feeling this going to be a better year. Feeling good. And yeah. Like what can you describe for the listeners like between, let's just look at course one and course three, just, I'm always just fascinated. Like I, the whole idea of like having a Tom Doak design golf course in front of you just fascinates me. But like, well, how can you describe the difference between one and three besides the length? So the greens are way faster on course three, of course. Mm-hmm. The rough's a little thicker. Um, you're going to have a little more uphill dog-like shots. Um, you know, you're going to have to place some balls on course three. Course one, it's a little more. It's cool a little more straightforward. No, I, I would say course three is a shot shaping course. Course one is more of a, you know. Straightforward, but the greens are going to be undulating and tricky. Yeah. A lot more undulation. Um, on, well, I mean, of course, on course three they are, but yeah. a little more, um, I don't know, a little smaller, smaller, some of the greens are smaller. Yeah. Um, you can get yourself into trouble with some trees out there and playing on other holes. So if you're not hitting the ball, you're going on another hole. So you'll be in another fairway. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, noticing that when I, because... Uh, we play in a simulator up here and there was Medina obviously on Christmas day and I tagged you in that post and yeah, I noticed she's pretty yeah. tight out there. <laughs> but yeah. 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 That's cool. But I have to say when, when I'm in my lessons and I go out with my students and they do pull one of those, you know, off to another fairway, I'm like, you don't worry, get in the car. I'll give you another ball. Like <laughs> we're going straight to the green. We do not need a, you know, you Show people where you hit it. You don't need to. You don't need to face that right now. We, we're just working on no. getting you swinging the club and getting it in the right Totally. Now, obviously, even like we clearly, we you're not living at the golf course. I mean, it does sound like you are, but when you leave the golf course, like obviously burnout's going to happen throughout the summer and throughout your season. But when you drive out of those gates. What is like the first thing that you're going to do? Like, what is the number one thing you want to do away from golf? It depends. If I had a really long day, I'll probably drink a White Claw. Like, that's my first thing is, <laughs> how am I going to get that White Claw in my hand? Get a Where nice do I need to go? Do I have my haul? <laughs> so, but other than that, I, um, I am so mentally exhausted oh, yeah. that, when when people really teach and they teach juniors all day long as well, it's another level of exhaustion, mental exhaustion. Um, and most of the time I don't have my voice. So I'm like, get home, shower, eat. And honestly, if I'm, you know, during our junior time, it's, you know, 4 o'clock a.m. wake up and I could be there till 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock at night yeah. for a few days in a row. I could be asleep by eight eight thirty. I mean, I honestly think about how I'm going to prepare myself 
for that next day. Mm-hmm. I can I can say from experience, I used to do it for three hours on a Monday, and it took it out of me for like two days after that. So I can only feel your pain with teaching juniors for that long. Yeah, and I'm very nitpicky with my programs. Like, I'm a perfectionist. I want the best of the best. I don't care, you know, for who it is, but it's super organized. It's everything laid out from the time frames, what's needed. You know, I want to make sure that when we're we're showing something, they're getting an experience from this, and it's not just a run around, oh, oh we got to do, you know, it's like they are going through the motions of a true, you know, program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, training them training them, getting them, whipping them into shape and doing all that. One thing that I want to ask you about, because you mentioned you were at Pebble, and I know this weekend we have the AT&T Championship, which is kind of the celebrity open. And I just want to know, like, Uh who are some of your favorite people that you've met through golf that are, like, celebrities, anyone that's just, like, either they're super funny, they're just very kind, or they're good at golf, anything that stands out to you that you're, like, yeah, this experience, Cody mentioned Tony Romo in the 4A golf thing that Drew you guys Brees. put together. Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Oh, yeah, not Tony Romo. Oh, no, man. Yeah, Drew not, not a Drew cowboy. Cowboys Drew Brees. <laughs> he was great. He was great. One of the most down-to-earth athletes I've ever met. Um, so family-oriented. I love that. He's all about living for his family and his kids. And, you know, um, he's such a selfless individual. I like a lot of the tour players, you know, I'm, I'm very close with, with Henrik and his family and his kids and, and Annika. Um, and you know, they're, you know, they're, they're my friends and, and I get to spend time with them. And, you know, it's to me, I, you know, it's not the same. Oh, everyone. Oh, it's a celebrity about like, they're Mm -hmm. truly genuine People. people and we'd love to have fun. And, you know, I can call on them and I get to spend time with their kids who I teach and, and that's so exciting. I mean, Charles Woodson is great. Um, he got into golf when, he, you know, he moved to Lake Nona a few years ago. Um, and he plays all the time. And I was able to go play in his uh, charity event over in um, by Napa this last year. And it was just so great seeing what these, you know, athletes are doing for golf. And, you know, they're getting themselves into it. Totally. Um, so he's great. Very cool. You but, actually, I mean, it's I've funny you mentioned. Lot. It's funny you mentioned Henrik Stenson because we kind of think of Cody as like That's our true. version of Henrik Stenson. Like he's got a very Henrik Stenson swing. He's a big, strong man, and I really like knowing that you you have a connection with Henrik Stenson. I'm no, I'm no Ice Man, unfortunately. Uh, I'm like the poor man's version of Henrik you're Stenson. You're gonna have to send me. Please, please send me a video because then I'm gonna show him. I'm going to tell him that I was on a podcast <laughs> and I'm going to say, and this is, this is what they said. Okay. Yeah, would, this is yeah, my impression. And I'm going to, you have to tell us what he says. Yeah. You have to tell us or yeah. film him watching it and then get his reaction. I'm not sure if I'm going to go yeah. with Iceman. Probably go more with like the slush puppy. Like Cody yeah. is pretty okay. icy though. Like, he is. He's when got it ice comes down veins. to the stretch, like obviously Henrik is a next level version. Yeah, but obviously. like in our world of like playing against buds, when it comes down to like 15 through 18, and if Cody's down or whatever, he has a way. Oh yeah. Of of taking it down, like no no doubt. I love it. And I would love. This is what I would love. A picture of Cody and Henrik Stenson back-to-back <laughs> with their arms folded that, like, I would put that up I would put that up in our office, like, for sure. I'd like side-by-side side three Maybe I'll videos. take a picture. Yes. Hold on. Maybe I'll take a picture of Henrik standing like that. Yes. And then, and then I'll, I'll send it. Yes. And then you guys edit him in. Yes. You can do that. That'd be so funny, Eva. Yeah. That'd be sick. Okay. <laughs> I love it. This is, this is going to be good. I, lo- I love everything about that. Like, I think that's great. And if, you know what? If you shoot him a little message, just tell him, come on, come on over to the 4Jack podcast. We'll we'll get him on. Yeah, of course. All Absolutely. Right. That'd be beautiful. Thanks, Eva. Eva, you're the best. Of course. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoy talking with all of you. Absolutely. We, we can't thank you enough for your yeah. time, Eva. I mean, it was uh, such a pleasure to get you on and just kind of learn a lot, a little bit more about what you do and what you're doing for the kids programs in, down in Medina and throughout America it seems like so keep it going and let's let's push these millennials back into golf oh yes 
Yes, guys, I cannot wait for us to chat again. And um, and then when you guys get, we'll, when you guys come to Medina, we'll put a good video together. Absolutely. We'll definitely have you on again. I love it. I think there's some very right. interesting things. Like these guys know I just constantly work and like, I'm glad that we were able to have fun podcasting, but also like start brainstorming some cool ideas about maybe something junior related in the future. Cause I love that you're about that. Absolutely. I'm totally about that. These boys are totally about it. I'm and about it. I'm excited to keep talking, I'm ready. have you on the pod and talk off. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Eva. And we'll chat soon. Hopefully we'll get you back on. Thank you everyone for listening today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eva. Absolutely. Thank you, Eva. Thanks, Eva. Cheers, everyone. Hello, 4Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Actor of Nation, and thank you for listening to the 4Jack Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.